we are taught in our um, in our training is that how uh, it is not that there is one right path for everyone but everyone has an appropriate path mm. so in fact the beginning of your life's journey is finding your path and finding that is half the journey done the rest you just have to walk along that path and you know overcome the challenges and obstacles that come Hello and welcome everyone to Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to have you here. I am your host Roma Bajaj Kohli and I am taking you on a journey within. My sole intention with this podcast is to help you dive deeper into identifying your authentic self, overcoming self-doubt, fears and limitations and becoming in alignment with the best version of you. I bring in guests from diverse fields and backgrounds and we talk about self growth, self mastery, building meaningful relationships and doing work that feeds your soul. Welcome everyone to the Awaken to Your Real Power podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to Nimeli Ladas. He is my uh, mentor and guru and teacher. ever since i started this journey of finding my real power so nimendila das is the chief sustainability officer of iskon govardhan eco village graduated from the prestigious indian institute of science bangalore with a masters degree in electrical engineering in 2007 after working with tata motors and lnt he joined the govardhan eco village to enhance its sustainability initiatives he has played an instrumental role in expanding the eco village role in fields of water conservation waste management alternative energy green buildings rural development geo tourism and global outreach govardhan eco village today is a multi award winning model community eco community showcasing some of the best practices in all the above fields he has also authored many technical papers on sustainability and is a regular speaker at various distinguished conferences in 2015 he was invited to the emerging leaders climate change convergence in rome italy along with 100 other delegates from all over the world last year in 2019 he was voted among the most transforming um sorry he was voted among the most influential sustainability leaders in india in the last few years mr das has been focusing on transforming the eco village into an international destination for learning and i can test be a testimony to that mm-hmm. blending the concepts of traditional learning systems with modern uh, teaching techniques govardhan eco villages novel educational activities are designed to cater to people with diverse ages and backgrounds nimelila das is the head philosophy teacher at govardhan school of yoga he has been a resident of uh, govardhan eco village for almost a decade serving in various capacities he is known by his students for his ability to convey complex philosophical topics in a simple to understand way by using humor and metaphors oh my god this cannot be more true his areas of expertise include yoga sutras bhagavad gita mind and meditation and yoga nidra he's also a faculty in uh, bhakti vedanta vidyapeetam uh, a traditional 
Vedic school at GED, teaching Srimad Bhagavatam and other bhakti scriptures. An avid reader, his other interests are in field of ecology and sustainability, where he has been a distinguished speaker at various national and international forums. Wow, it is such an honor to have you here and speak with you um, regarding all of this that you do and so much more. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Roma, for inviting me on your forum. And it's uh, so nice to uh, see about, hear about all the wonderful work that you're doing and trying to uh, spread some useful message to the people of this world. Thank you. Thank you, Prabhuji. The inspiration is right in front of me. <laughs> so I, I wanted to start by asking you a little bit before uh, your journey of what really triggered or the right word would be what really ignited the spark in you like when you got your engineering degree and got into your nine to five job what really triggered you to move from that into a village and start this whole journey of sustainability and more <laughs> i think the beginning of every journey is a question and I think the question is usually centered around uh, a sense of purpose. And I think that that was the internal debate which I went through as well. Uh, my interest in uh, spirituality kind of like solidified way back in my days in the university when I started, uh, you know, exploring many uh, traditional uh, books of spirituality to understand it further in a more technical way, right? <laughs> Growing up in India, everybody likes to think that we are spiritualists at one level or the other. But I, coming from a very scientific background, I wanted to under, understand them more as a science and not just as some a culture or an art. Mm. So I needed to know the scientific basis. And if you want to know any science, go to the books. That's, mm. that's the rule of life, right? So that's when I started exploring the books further. So my books, my technical books and spirituality books, both were there. That was going on for quite some time. And yes, later on, I um, graduated from the university. I, I was working. Uh, in fact, in the second company that I was working for, uh, it was one of India's uh, leading uh, heavy engineering uh, companies. I come from an electrical engineering background. So my area was in motor control and, and designing uh, controllers for different applications uh, so yeah so, so my job was that time designing a controller for a for a motor that would eventually go in a in a missile launching application mm -hmm. so that was the you know uh, the area of my work and and back then we were still uh, importing a lot of stuff so not much indigenous technologies were being built in india so it, it was one of the early teams in India that actually made one of those uh, products. And uh, at the successful uh, launch of that product, uh, you know, a, a question crossed my mind that time that, mm -hmm. you know, I can control very effectively because when you talk about missile launching pads and controlling the motor there, you don't have a margin of error there. I mean, literally you have to control to one by hundredth of a degree precision that mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, 0 0.01 degree off target mm -hmm. by the time that missile travels from somewhere in central India to a target location, you are off by 
kilometers. Mm. So if you want precise control, the, the angle has to be very, very precisely monitored and controlled. So to that level of degree of perfection, you need to bring in your controllers. And we were able to do that. So then that's when the question crossed my mind that, hey, I can control the launching angle of the missile, but can I control the purpose of launching of the missile? Mm. You know, I mean, why? So that's where, not that I'm against uh, the use of right means of force, but just that looking at the global situation that time and you know, uh, it, it made me think that is there a way we can actually uh, the idea of using force was essentially to help control people. Hmm. So I was thinking, can this control be done in some other ways? Is there some alternative way, perhaps a more peaceful way and a less harmful way of controlling people? And ultimately the whole idea of control was to create a transformation. That's the whole intention, right? Okay. That's when peace comes, when there is an inner transformation. So one way of bringing in peace is through external control. Mm. Other way of bringing in peace is through internal control. Mm. Right. So I felt, can, can we explore the option of some internal control? Mm. And that's when, uh, you know, the, the inner uh, brainstorming happened. And I realized maybe I should explore the path of spirituality a little more intensely. And that's when I got this opportunity to, to, to spend time. I was the company of some very, very uh, spiritually minded people, very advanced people. And I had some discussion with them and I expressed my desire. And they said, okay, uh, you know, nothing is certain in life, but you know, why don't you strive for a couple of years, you know, take mm -hmm. a little sabbatical from work. And uh, why don't you just strive for a few years if you see that this path is your path, right? Uh, because another thing which we are taught in our um, in our training is that how uh, it is not that there is one right path for everyone, but everyone has an appropriate path. Mm. So in fact, the beginning of your life's journey is finding your path and finding that is half the journey done. The rest, you just have to walk along that path and you know, overcome the challenges and obstacles that come. So they said, well, why don't you explore that path? So that's when I decided to venture into this. So my entry into Gordon Eco Village was also part of that. So I spent many years training here as a student. I, I lived, lived uh, like a monk for almost uh, uh, eight years or so. Right. Yeah. Wow. A little over eight, nine years now. Yeah. I spent wow. almost nine years living with the most, uh, minimal necessities of life, uh, you know, and, but the idea was training, education and education, mm -hmm. you know, my life was that of, as a student, I rediscovered what it means to be a student. And, uh, yeah, that's when, that's how my journey began with Gordon Eco Village. And, uh, I still consider myself as a student <laughs> and perhaps that is what empowers me to teach. I agree. I mean, the way you teach, it really comes out like that you teach at the level of the student that can only happen when you perceive knowledge at the level of a student mm. so i it's very easy to understand hard philosophical uh, concepts from you i have done personally the bhagavad gita course from you and i 
have found so much value, meaning and purpose through it that I uh, cannot explain in words to people of how it has become my life manual or yeah, it has become my life manual and not just for me, but for my entire family. There are times when we are confused as a family, we sit on the dinner table and um, sometimes we are not able to come up with a solution for something. So my son or my kid will, my daughter will say, Mama, is the answer of this in the Bhagavad Gita? Do you want to check? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, thank you for the reminder. I'm sure it is. <laughs> exactly exactly yes yes that that's exactly what i went through as well i mean the gita is such a powerful book it's indeed a, a life manual and you know and that's the joy which i wanted to share in a sense that that's where i found my purpose you know i think uh, I, I i always quip like this saying that you know i i found more purpose in launching bhagavad gitas than launching missiles <laughs> I love that. But Prabhuji, I want to know that the intellectual, the, the, the logical brain of individuals is so powerful and is so strong that just like you were from the science background and you wanted to understand spirituality in terms, you know, through science eyes. I love that because most of the times we are listening to just stories and myths about, you know, through psychology or this is how you do it don't ask questions why you do it like that's how we learn it from our parents so it is it was when i started my journey as a yoga student first at gev and then i came further and further for more questions because my questions didn't stop at just doing the yoga training mm -hmm. rather my mind would burst with so many more questions how does this make sense because I was feeling like I was starting a life against the green and in that in that beginning and now it feels like this was this is my this was the green from the very beginning I I just found it but in the beginning it, it was feeling like I was starting my life against the green and everyone was looking at me and like this is not your age to go there what are you doing like you have kids you have responsibilities neither never has a thought crossed my mind to leave my responsibilities and go there but the curiosity and the hunger has been uh, so great that it has been hard to subdue that feeling so i want to know Prabhuji, how can individuals open themselves up to this curiosity so many times people will have questions like you had and they still don't have that courage to you know they don't necessarily have to leave that path whatever they are doing but how can they find that balance i think it all begins with uh, trying to ask a question many times we have been normalized to many things in life mm. right i think that that normalization i feel is the biggest uh, obstacle that we face that this is how it is you know this is how, this is how life is. You don't ask questions. In fact, right from our childhood, from the way we are taught things, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we've been normalized into many things. Things have been just shoved into our heads rather than allowing us to digest it. Mm -hmm. So I think somewhere in the way we are brought up, the way the society functions, there is a strong sense of uh, imposing ideas, thoughts, values, it, it, it works till a certain age to create a certain foundation, right? You need to start with something. So 
till a certain point right you you that learning methodology may work but after that i think uh, an individual has to start questioning the foundations questioning the basics and that inquisitiveness i feel is the foundation to uh, to exploring this kind of a life and the scriptures also talk about this it starts you know the the the, the grand thesis of the entire vedas is this book called as the vedanta sutra you know it's like the summary of like how we have the yoga sutras of yoga philosophy the entire vedanta is summarized in the vedanta sutras and it begins with the statement is athatva brahma jigyasa jigyasa means that inquisitiveness the curiosity so i feel somewhere we get normalized with things in life and we stop questioning that sense of curiosity that's why i many times find uh, children to be more spiritual than grown ups because children actually ask a lot of questions mm. right and somehow in the process of growing we are just trained to become more dumb and more ignorant mm. accept ignorance as normal and and uh, kill that spirit of curiosity mm. so i feel that 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 is the first step to begin with you know explore the idea of questioning Mm-hmm. and uh, and and that is a sign of intelligence as a sign of rationality and in a sense uh, like people who also claim to be scientific uh, we should we should also understand that as much as there is uh, uh, you know myth or religious dogma there is also a lot of scientific dogma we need to question everything and that's what my my exploration of science began because i needed answers and at a certain point i felt hey i'm getting more answers especially on the fundamentals i was getting deeper answers in books of spirituality so why not add that also to my menu mm. right so if if you find something tasty why not why not why restrict yourself to only one kind of a cuisine so that is so i will always consider myself as a man of science Mm-hmm. right but uh, to that science i have also added a deep sense of spirituality and this rational thinking has really helped me in uh, in in exploring this path it's amazing how most people would give rational thinking as their their obstacle rather than how you made it like your um, it was like your ally but most people give that as an obstacle you know like my husband was also asking me to ask you this question is that when he listens to all your talks it is so inspiring for him and he loves it but you know then he gets sucked into doing the 9 to 5 job and then providing for the family that at night when he comes to lie down he remembers again that mm-hmm. oh i want to be able to live my life more towards you know devotion and bhakti tradition but but he's like maybe when my kids are older i'll do it and he and me always have a you know conflict over this i'm like no the time is now not when kids are older like i don't know if i'll be alive until then i rather get into it now so right. his question was like how do you then balance that work life then spiritual life how do you how do you balance all this and is there even a balance and how can we achieve it actually the 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 perfect word for yoga which i many times use is this word balance 
mm-hmm. you know yoga is many times seen as uh, you know exercise or some kind of uh, oriental mystical science blah 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 right so i feel a very practical and realistic definition of yoga is the word balance and harmony and that is the literal uh, tone which even krishna uses in the bhagavad gita when is defining yoga in the second chapter he calls achieving finding that balance at every sphere of your life is yoga and one of the uh, beautiful aspects of this uh, you know the, the vedic teaching especially the line of gita and yoga is how conventional spirituality if you look at the in fact the reason where uh, you know uh, you, 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 the the your husband's statement the reasoning behind his statement is also that many times uh, spirituality has been uh, seen synonymous with uh, asceticism an ascetic mm. kind of a lifestyle it's about giving up it's about detachment right but the way gita and yoga define uh, the understanding of spirituality you know it is it is not about you know we we deal with two aspects of life there's the internal life and there's the external life mm. it's about finding harmony on an external front right while you're discovering depths of detachment on an internal sense so you are connected externally but you are kind of like uh, working on a more uh, unattached way internally and this balance between these two forces external and internal forces discovering that balance is yoga right so therefore yoga is uh, the, the very the, the definition of how the universe is defined in the vedic scriptures it is a conjunction and also a combination of matter and spirit mm. right the word conjunction is usually used when you are talking about two different things when they are when they come together there is conjunction mm. so matter and spirit are seen as different but yet they are they are they have the capacity to come together and find a balance because both matter and spirit are energies of divine so when you find that commonality that common connection with divine you can find that conjunction you can find that balance right and when we use the word combination combination is usually used when you are talking about two similar things right to you know so so then then what is the the similarity between these these two objects you know what is different about them that you have to discover a similarity the difference is matter is unconscious and soul we the spirit are conscious so in that sense we are different so we need to find a commonality so finding difference in similarity and finding similarity in difference this is this the art of yoga wow you know in so in a sense for me spirituality has never been about disconnecting from the world but rather connecting with the world in a proper way and that proper way comes by defining a proper purpose right so so that that i think is a very important most people find that disconnect because i think somewhere down the line their purpose is not clear or perhaps it has not been defined at all 
right so yeah. how can prabhuji people f- take the path of finding their purpose and really figuring out what is it that because our ego gets into the way of us uh, deludes us by saying you will either you know makes us fearful of we will fail or we will not find out the answer i know so many leaders who are afraid to find out what's inside them you know they are afraid to look within because they feel like what if there is nothing they have mm. given so much weightage to the world outside and their identities outside that i feel that how can then people really this this thing about finding your purpose in life and how can they come to that yeah actually the reason why these leaders you mentioned are fearful of discovering their own identity or facing the the truth within there's a lot lot of uh, pressure towards uh, social conformity and these are all parts of that same normalization which i spoke about right what is certain norms have been forced upon us and we are now obliged to conform to these uh, what is now a socially normal right i think challenging that it again that that the challenging the normal is the is the modus operandi in this entire spiritual process right the moment you you challenge this why should i conform to a certain socially accepted pattern that is where you know your real step towards discovering your purpose begins right because so many false purposes have been uh, uh, you know forcibly imposed upon us this is how you must dress this is how you must look on social media this is the kind of professions you are allowed to take up right if you are of a particular uh, uh, race gender then this is what you should be doing you know so many things have been pushed upon us right i think questioning that will be the first step the second step is actually very easy when you ask me how do you discover your purpose the scriptures very emphatically state that your purpose actually is in what makes you truly happy mm. as simple as that right and the fact that we are not happy means we are not in line with our purpose again as simple as that right mm. so what makes you truly happy now this question has multiple answers at multiple levels of how you see yourself right mm. i can see myself at a very carnal level at a very physical level right at a physical level what makes me happy could be fulfilling my carnal instincts right so if you limit your vision of yourself to just these lower carnal instincts right then your purpose is only restricted at that level you will never get a deep sense of fulfillment so a lot of people they think they have found their purpose in trying to fulfill those uh you know lower basic carnal instincts right if you rise above that you know at if you look at yourself more at a level of your own mind you will find that your mind actually is a repository of certain values and certain principles in life and if you learn to see how do i what kind of a work what kind of a profession what kind of a lifestyle will uh, genuinely Uh, make me aligned with my own internal values right and this is the tough 
question these are sometimes tough choices to make in life because you may be good at something but not necessarily happy doing it but sometimes you may be happy doing something which you not be good at when i say good or bad i mean like whether are you is it profitable to you or not mm-hmm. right in terms of career choices for example my choice may not necessarily was the best choice right i i, I settled for a job where i was uh, i was getting zero income right but i was gaining a lot of wealth right a wealth of satisfaction wealth of wisdom and uh, wealth of purpose in life mm-hmm. so i think that 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 internal alignment when you discover and everybody has their own values you know this is very of course this also one has to understand you cannot superimpose your values on others nor can you allow other values to superimpose you but yes for somebody pursuit of knowledge could be their value for somebody you know uh, generating prosperity and progress to the society could be their value right for somebody just helping others out could be their value right Or for somebody you know just being a good mother could be their value a good parent or a good mother could be their value right so we cannot superimpose our values on others that again becomes you know that uh, forced normalization but let people discover their own values and live a life true to their own values that makes you happy and that's it you found your purpose there right? i love that so what can people have one or two values or or it can be more what what has been your general experience in that well yes it's it's normal to have multiple values but the purpose is usually one yeah the core is one yes the core is one right and mm-hmm. the other values which you may have they form secondary values or support values right which are which are boosting a primary value mm-hmm. and your and that primary value is your path that's your purpose uh, that makes mm-hmm. it very clear and i mean the way i always uh, tell people is you know if you are sometimes confused between these values ask a question in negation which is if i deprive you of value a right how do you feel mm-hmm. then if i deprive you of value b how do you feel if i deprive you of value c how do you feel now ask yourself where did you feel bad the most where mm-hmm. did you feel that longing the most mm-hmm. and that's your core value wow Right. wow prabhu ji you made it so simple that all the listeners after listening to this episode should at least have found their purpose or their value if not the purpose yeah, absolutely yeah and it's also intuitive that's the beauty of the vedic science mm-hmm. right we are designed as very sophisticated intelligent beings who have that strong sense of intuition right and many times we underutilize this intuition yes and spirituality is all about harnessing that right voice of intuition and not get confused with the voice of the mind and all or sometimes social you know influences or our own sometimes 
mental influences but listening to the deeper intuition so that's what yoga and spirituality and study of books like the gita helped me personally to amplify that inner intuitive voice uh, and and i found that resonate with what the scriptures are saying that's how i i validate that and um, i i i take certain decisions in my life yeah and it is so beautiful you said that i think intuition is the most undervalued underutilized power within us and that's really our innate power that we carry i want to share with you prabhu ji that when i came to the yoga school i was so lost when i came in 2017 i was so lost in my life and my purpose as a mother and as a wife and all the relationships that i was living and i had this deep desire to have an identity of my own and i thought it would only come if i found a career path that would bring financial freedom for me and that's how i would feel but taking this journey in the last 3 years of yoga every time i have come back to gv taken a course especially after the last bhagavad gita course my, my voice of my intuition became so strong that mm. i knew clearly what i did not have to do but not necessarily had the clear idea of what i wanted to do so yes. i just kept listening and saying no to what i didn't want to do and said okay no i'm not doing this a lot of people judge me a lot of people talking to me like why are you doing this you are mad this is you are so good at this you should be doing this and yes i can be good at a million things because if you put your energy and attention to anything it will grow Mm. but does that make my me happy or does that make my soul happy no mm. and i don't want to do something that that doesn't make my soul happy because i used to feel that i'm giving so much to my family anyways but now mm. when i kept saying no and i realized after the bhagavad gita course with you i think that was last year in october when i came back it was almost like a reset and i mm-hmm. said to my husband i don't want to do anything that i have been doing then he's like okay what do you want to do then i said i don't know but i just know that my life is not the same just those eight nine days of studying that and learning i felt i opened a new window to my life's purpose and i said no i'm not going to do any of that but i don't know what i'm going to do it's going to still be connected to yoga and you know whatever i have learned but i don't know what that's going to be and it took almost 9 to 8 months almost like a whole pregnancy to nurture and grow that and finally i feel like now i know what i'm doing and how i'm going to put it but i think that probably i feel like in this phase people have to have the right support and the association mm-hmm. and the companionship of like minded people who can give them the space to grow and evolve and right. you know some of us i'm very blessed my family my husband like my kids are very supportive but some of us are not as lucky and don't ha- get that much support or ne- don't have the luxury to you know just say no i'm not going to do this i'm going to find for me my husband has been you know the breadwinner of the family so for us it's not i don't have to think about saying i don't want to do this but sometimes I, how can those people who have the responsibility of their family life can take out time to really set aside like challenge the status quo like steve job used to say and like how you said challenge the social norm of life 
how can they do that i think a, a, a lot of that part has got to do with education mm. many times we think education as uh the 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 conventional education we are getting today is just about skill training skill training and education are two separate things right mm -hmm. so skills are important you know it's having skills like having a super computer but when you add the, the program inside that is that ability to connect your intuition and uh, you know and that is what comes through spiritual education so i think a lot of people who are going through this crossroads in life as to trying to discover their purpose that that as the famous the cliched midlife crisis when people go through this i think the first thing that they must uh, do in fact they just have to follow uh, roma bajaj's footsteps <laughs> right no, no. they just have to follow what she did right get some kind of education to begin with because you have lot of skills you have a fantastic super computer you just need the right program in it now mm -hmm. and the right program comes through this kind of uh, uh, systematic education in spirituality and once that happens i think a lot of things fall into place because uh, a, a a major obstacle that most people face is that even though i know what the right path is my intuition is saying something but it has a very very weak voice but my insecurities are roaring loudly and my intuition is squeaking very softly like a mouse right and definitely between a lion and a mouse a mouse is never going to win right so we need to give voice to that mouse right give empower that mouse and enhance the the volume of that mouse and that is where i think spiritual education helps to begin with right and uh, that's the power of scriptural study it 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 uh, it it increases your level of inner determination and brings out that clarity in fact the word that is used for scriptural study is swadhyaya swa adhyaya so this is a sanskritam word swa means self and adhyayan means study so it is uh, study of one self and when that is done properly right it is very natural that <coughs> excuse me so that that clarity of thought you know it it automatically comes right and then you will see without having to change your line without having to change your profession you will start finding little avenues where you are able to express yourself and uh, follow your path of purpose right those doors those windows those alleys are have always been there somehow you never looked out through that window or somehow you never walked that alley in the routine of your life you are just walking past those things i think those little pathways open up once a, a little formal education in 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 uh, in spirituality begins right i think those things open up so for some people it could be like a major change in life for some people it could be just realigning something in their life and and they will they will follow their path of purpose yeah right i feel this is what people miss that sometimes it just takes very minor steps to take 
and yeah. they are so afraid to take even those small steps that will actually open up a whole new life for them mm-hmm. exactly exactly yeah. yeah and so i wanted to ask you prabhu ji like while you were saying this i realized that no matter how much i submitted myself to educating myself in the spiritual side of um you know things in life i didn't always have the clarity or my ego would not let me still have the clarity that i have today the perspective that i have today it almost felt like prabhu ji there was very recently there was a time in my life where i had to die before i could die meaning i know you can understand it but if you can help explain this to my listeners as to i literally felt i had to burn my ego my desires and my wants more than desires it's the wants of mm. attaching myself to the outcome of this is how i want my business to look like this is how i want my identity to look like after i'm famous and then suddenly all those vision boards mind mapping boards that were on my wall after i died before i died i then those boards started feeling like i would just burst out into laughter when i would look at them because it was like what what are you even thinking you know all this and so much more is applicable and available to us but we are living in such a small box in our whole life we have spent living in that small box right yeah 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 actually yes this is very important it again comes back to the same thing when when i'm you are challenging what is normal right so that that is we have imposed a false identity upon ourselves based on what certain external influences have imposed upon us as this is normal mm. and that those external influences they have hardened so much within us there's a thick crust inner crust around us mm-hmm. and the real you is choked up inside that shell it wants to break free and the reason why you are feeling so suffocated is because that that hard crust of external superimpositions are not allowing you to breathe easy you are even suffocated just to be forget about do something and accomplish something else in life right and when you are going through that phase all you have to do is take a strong hammer and start breaking that shell right and come out of that shell mm. and that is the death so it's not literally your own death it is the death of those things you have imposed upon yourself that hard shell that you have uh, voluntarily uh, locked yourself inside and once you break open that shell right that is when your true you comes out mm. right i think that is the rebirth that everybody goes through and it's interesting if you look at the the storyline of all our scriptures all the great personalities right or even modern superhero stories every superhero actually undergoes a death right there is always that that moment of truth that they face right and after that is when the real hero in them comes out right whether whether uh, batman discovering his own inner fears overcoming his fears of uh, 
you know uh, his how his parents were killed right you know or 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 uh, spider man actually having to go through his own fear of what happened to him at the moment of that insect bite right or even arjuna standing in the battlefield having to face one of the biggest crisis of his life every great protagonist of the great stories that we hear of they all go through this moment where they actually so the so what made them a hero is not the heroic tasks that they did the external battles that they won but what made them a hero is the internal work that they did and the internal battles that they won mm-hmm. and that internal battle is so difficult because you have to break that shell that you have voluntarily encased yourself in right and yes so that that is it's it's a big it's a big challenge and that is where i think that hammer the tool that will help you is this power of scriptures is the power of that spiritual education that we've been talking about that will empower you that will equip you to 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 break this shell open right or at least to make a small dent to start with and you will start discovering that hey yes i i'm seeing myself better now because you're allowing the light now to come in otherwise you are just you know encased in this hard shell right but once you make a tiny dent a, a ray of light comes inside and you see yourself better and then that's a, and nothing happens overnight again to all your uh, audience the listeners here i want to tell them nothing happens overnight that is why spirituality is a journey right it's not a moment it's a journey right but every moment of the journey is going to be special that i can promise you mm. right but don't settle for uh, you know cheap moments because many times people think oh i had that one a special moment and that was spirituality for me and all no it's a lifelong journey right and uh, don't settle for momentary spirituality but but be ready to venture into a journey of spirituality mm. yeah when i saw you in the yoga school when i first was introduced to your lectures in that moment i felt that this is a vast ocean because you kind of represent that you when you stand up to teach any subject that i have studied from you in the last few months so many more i feel like you represent the the whole aspect of how vast this ocean is but even getting a drop of it is mm. so much more meaningful than anything else that i have ever had in life yeah exactly and this is the wisdom that uh, this is that we have inherited from so many great uh, advanced spiritual practitioners of the past mm. and that is what the scriptures are representing right it's like documented case studies and wisdom and uh, realization of all these great uh, acharyas so i think yeah it's very important that we need to you know it's it's like a there's a there's a metaphorical story that comes in the scriptures about this uh, this this destitute this poetry stricken person who was busy looking for wealth everywhere mm-hmm. so one day he meets an astrologer and then this astrologer tells him hey you are a wealthy man your ancestors your forefathers have given you a great wealth why are you not utilizing it so that 
that's a metaphorical story the the wealth he's talking about in that story is the wealth of the spiritual wisdom the scriptures that we are bestowed upon mm. right so definitely it's, it's not it's not a privilege of any one person or a group of people it's for everyone right so i think we should access it yeah yeah i also feel that like but prabhuji how can people with low self esteem or no confidence in themselves uh come to this path i feel like some sometimes these people who experience so much low self esteem and i was at one point there when i came for the yoga uh, you know course i was shattered to pieces and i didn't know where to start assimilating all of that from but how do people find that i had started training for yoga 2 years before that in the west and it just made me more curious about what more is to yoga i'm from india how come i don't know about this like how these people are doing because i feel like more now in the uh, westerners are still doing i think okay but in the east itself people are like running away from their own values and uh, traditions and are kind of fighting that and it's it's good to have an argument over our traditions and values and understand and learn to question them but i want to know that how can such people get more and more attracted to this how even in your bio you say that you make uh, the ancient teachings you know and you make it modernized for modern day education so how can we do that for today's world yeah i think to to deal with people who are having low self esteem i mean the the shortcut the easiest way out is to start with is for them to be in the company of some very positively minded people mm-hmm. spiritually minded people you know it's like just like how if you are next to a very toxic person it affects you mm-hmm. if you are next to a very positive person it also affects you in a positive way mm-hmm. right so i think being in the company of some very uh, positively minded people spiritually minded people helps you know that's like you you are you are temporarily borrowing some strength from them to begin your own journey right but then yes that will give you the strength and that is when if you start with that surround yourself with some positive people right surround yourself with some spiritually minded thoughts and practices if you start with that yes then uh, even even if you are finding any esteem issues or something it 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 will still give you the enough enough confidence to start with right of course after that yes then once you start beginning your process yes you have to follow what we just said you know like questioning the normal and going through the entire learning process uh, with with a certain level of intensity with a certain level of commitment you know uh, again not just going through it superficially right i remember how uh, last time when you were here during the geeta course i believe it was on the last day you had to travel right and mm-hmm. but I, i was really happy to see that knowing that you had to leave soon we were you were not in a rush to finish the chapter but even till the last moment you were asking questions and questions and questions until you got it right yeah you didn't want to leave that place so i think that's that's the attitude that a, a seeker should have right uh, don't don't settle for anything less than complete 
and with that sincerity if they keep questioning and you know find answers then i think uh, one can easily uh, venture into this path and regarding people who have a modern mindset you know how they can connect to uh, these traditional paths uh, you know i think i i never really believed in this distinction between traditional education and modern education like education is education we humans haven't changed to start mm-hmm. with right it's not that suddenly we started growing four eyes and uh, four hands or something it, it it hasn't happened we humans have still been the same and our minds are still the same the challenges that we go through are same right it's just that the flavors in which these challenges come have changed but the nature of these challenges have pretty much been the same so whatever wisdom was there of the past is still very much relevant today right and i think uh, so th- making the distinction of modern and uh, traditional really uh, doesn't make sense right so what uh, best we can do while learning is make it a very active learning process don't let it be passive which means when you are reading such books visualize yourself in that scene like if you are reading the bhagavad gita visualize yourself there right if you are not just reading a casual story of krishna and arjuna having a chat in the battlefield visualize yourself there what would you do in that situation what question you would ask in that situation right what dilemma that you are personally going through now right and what would you ask krishna in that situation this is called active reading and you will see 99% of the times you will see that the question that you have in your mind would be answered in the in the in the book mm-hmm. right because these books are you know they, they are the problems are consistent because we humans are so consistent in terms of the way we act and we behave our shortcomings our fallacies are also so consistent right so actually there is no new problem only the flavors of the problem and the external setup of the problem has changed right so in so arjuna was struggling in a battlefield right we struggle in office in the battlefield called as office right or sometimes battlefield called as home oh. but, but you know but the challenges are pretty much the same right you've been okay. you've been asked to, to do something that you are not comfortable with so how do i find my purpose in what i am supposed to be doing mm-hmm. that's the bottom line of the bhagavad gita yeah. right. and prabhu ji like in bhagavad gita there are there is a 1.0 version like life first work is worship then life becomes worship right i feel that how, like how can that be explained to normal people who have not read the gita or might not have any intention of probably reading it but maybe this conversation can help them have some curiosity towards that mm-hmm. ah yes i think that that's a very relevant point especially that's where the onus on 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 me comes in right <laughs> like all the, the 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 teachers who are trying to represent uh, this traditional science yeah it's a lot of onus is also there on uh, people who have understood it to whatever extent in trying to make it relevant 
right and that's what we try to do with all our courses we try to keep it relevant uh, and in the in, and when i mean relevant i don't mean distorting the the primary uh, message which is being presented but rather trying to keep it relevant to the 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 challenges and difficulties that people face in today's context right and i think uh, we we don't we don't middle with the principles but in the messaging in the way we are communicating it i think that and and that also naturally comes when you understand the subject matter uh, in 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 a more deeper sense you know like i i always tell my other uh, teachers and students you know like if if you can convey your point to a 5 year old then you have understood it well mm. right so mm. any any even i read some advanced yoga philosophy or some vedantic philosophy right uh if uh, my my target is that you know we have some kids in our community here sometimes i teach classes to them right it's, and uh, I, my goal is if if i can convey it to them right then i can convey it to anybody in this world mm. so i think a lot of that uh, onus also is there on the teachers who are trying to present it uh, making it more relevant right i agree prabhu ji my last few question is like how do people deal with their inner fear and challenges of i can't do that because i have certain limitations either people are suffering from anxiety fear of rejection like so many different fear of judgment fear imposter syndrome so many different kind of issues that we as individual face with how can people set that aside or overcome that and then be able to live their life to their fullest yeah i think this is a slightly broad question but i'll try mm. to give as narrow answer as possible see there are multiple reasons why people are fearful in a particular situation right so to begin with perhaps they have set upon themselves certain unreasonable expectations mm. right because a lot of fear is imagined fear right and because there is the you see how the maybe i, I maybe i'll go a little technical here the way the vedic philosophy and the yogic philosophy explains ourselves right i have me my my physical sense of being right my body then there is a mind that's my inner me and somewhere deep down at the core of my existence right very close to the core of my existence is the sense of identity which i'm carrying right and believe it or not it is this this these uh, false identities that we carry is the root cause of all these fears right you may carry an identity that i am a successful person or i am a good speaker or i am an expert artist right we may end up carrying a certain identity and when those identities are challenged that is when fear comes right but a, a progressive spiritualist would think that my existence is beyond these identities mm. 
my existence is beyond my doing my being and doing are so different right understanding that distinction between being and doing is the first step in overcoming any kind of anxiety in life mm-hmm. right because the people who really matter will never judge you and the people who judge you should not be the ones who should really matter to you right mm. and we we get these priorities wrong because somewhere in our head these false identities that we carry they cloud our thought process and we end up chasing certain wrong priorities in life so yes let us say you have a particular performance to be done the idea is you should be satisfied not with how an external person is evaluating you but rather how you are evaluating yourself so your benchmark should be not somebody else's response your benchmark should be your own level of effort have i given my 100% or not therefore success or failure in the vedic context was not measured on how many likes you got from people but how much are you liking yourself mm. uh, so i'm again not talking a very narcissist way here but liking yourself means how much are you genuinely satisfied with the level of effort that you have put in mm. and that is your success therefore success today has been generalized but it is highly personal and individual what is success for you you know is not success for me there's a beautiful story that comes in the ramayana where during the building of the bridge of you know across to lanka once uh, you know they they needed these big gigantic uh, stones so hanuman ji he gets this idea that okay you know i am going to Uh, get this big gigantic mountain and in one shot we're going to finish it so he goes somewhere finds a mountain like a mini or a hill you may call it right and then on his way to the bridge he notices there is a, a tiny little uh, squirrel which is uh, pushing a small pebble trying to do its part in uh, building of that bridge so hanuman ji in his haste he just tells oh squirrel please move i'm coming coming through right so immediately lord ram notices that and he asks hanuman what are you doing he says my dear lord i am trying to build this bridge in your service right and uh, therefore i am trying to expedite this process then he looks at but even that squirrel is also doing the same right mm-hmm. and then he says what a a gigantic hill is for you is that pebble for that squirrel so both of you are giving your 100% in my service i'm equally satisfied with both of you right mm-hmm. so i think it's time we start setting our individual benchmarks right and understand that my sense of self worth should not be defined by what others are saying but rather how much a genuine honest self analysis and self introspection that we do have i given my best or not because at the end of the day you may get lots of likes and lot of applause but if you have not given your best 
you will not be able to sleep peacefully that night mm. right yes. so i think that that uh, in setting your own individual benchmarks very you should be ruthlessly honest when it comes to that self introspection and self analysis mm. and that is the way you can actually overcome fear because we end up getting uh, uh, you know imposed by certain external influences right giving up that is is a very important step in overcoming fear right. and of course the second level is a slightly more deeper process when you are so much in tune with your deep sense of identity your real identity beyond all these false identities that we have superimposed upon ourselves then there is never a question of fear mm. faith where there is faith there is no fear <laughs> exactly right yeah that is that is so true and that is what i believe and i wish every one of us can awaken to that real self within us the self with the capital s and not the small self to really realize that that is who we are and then there is no question of self worth either measuring it with your work or your like like whatever you do in life so pravuji i love that you mentioned the being and the doing side and i have heard this but i would love for you to clear this out for our listeners is that the being is known as the feminine energy and the doing is known as the masculine energy is that true and how can my belief is that you there is a center point between the being and the doing that gets you in the zone of flow where you just flow and there is no other disturbance or turmoil within you that will distract you from your path so it has taken a lot of but distraction and tornadoes and volcanoes in my life to understand this but how can and i don't believe that if you are masculine you have one or the other or if you are feminine you have one or the other i believe that both of those live within us so how can we understand this and how can people get into that frame see a very simple way to understand these cosmic masculine and feminine energies is by understanding that uh like in science we study about kinetic and potential energies Mm. right so in the vedic parlance that potential energy has been presented as masculine purusha and that kinetic energy is called as uh, feminine energy or prakriti and these two energies you know whether you call it yin and yang or purusha or prakriti right when they find their union in balance that is when we have achieved that state of self mastery right that sense of self awakening or that self balance it comes when these two sides get balanced within us so like as it comes to being and doing a lot of times what happens is we end up spending a lot of our energy in defining our work because your work is what gets appreciated by people right mm. people don't see what values you carry and how you are doing work but they only see what work is being done so gradually a false value system gets superimposed in you that you are what you do right 
but how you do and why you do is your sense of being right and th- th- that is the part which we many times neglect especially during this uh, lockdown i have seen so many people going through a turmoil in fact so many people who always wished i wish i had an eternal vacation i wish i could just work from home i wish i could just spend time with my family all day the moment the lockdown began they wanted to run away from their own family <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't handle their own family members so close some people wanted to run away from themselves and it exposed how badly they were just uh, they they were under the anesthesia of work that they were hiding from themselves and now when they had to be with themselves they were not satisfied right because they sought a lot of their identity and self worth in the external work that they did and the achievements that they brought the moment that was disconnected they felt who am i right what is my identity now mm-hmm. right you always thought oh i'm i'm married to so and so person and i want to spend so much time but suddenly when you're living with that person uninterrupted 24 by 7 right then suddenly you start realizing hey how little i know of the other person because i always connected with the other person by doing things but never by connecting to their being mm-hmm. so it has been a lot of rediscovery of themselves rediscovery of their own relationships in life right rediscovery of their own purposes in life a lot in fact the lockdown has done a lot of good for certain thoughtful people also right mm-hmm. so i think that that is the essential difference your being is that that inner you which is defining your values defining your purpose that's what we've been talking about all along right and it is very important that you get in tune with it and get in touch with it to begin with and an ext- that is your potential energy and when that manifests into action that is your external work that is your way you are uh, connecting to the society the way you are connecting to your family and so on right so if you are if you are only work focusing on what you are doing all the time right it becomes a r- mere ritual after some time and that is where people feel a lack of satisfaction mm-hmm. right so it's it's like uh, i always give this metaphor your actions your doing is like driving a car right but your being is actually having that map knowing your being is like knowing that map where you want to go the goal of life is not to have a fast car the goal of life is to reach your destination mm. not just going around in circles in a fast car that will give you a temporary thrill but will never give you eternal joy mm. right so that that is that is what so so finding your map is understanding your so both are important huh? doing is also a very important aspect this is where the other side of uh, spirituality also has to be understood 
Spirituality is a very dynamic process. It is never a passive process, right? If you think being a spiritualist means disconnection and all, this is a totally uh, uh, ill-informed understanding. But rather, it's a very, very dynamic process that is going to teach you how to bring out the best performance in you because your best performance comes only when you are free from fear and only when you are aligned with your right purpose. Because your purpose is like a strong magnet. You just are drawn towards your purpose. Right? Imagine, tell you that we'll have this podcast recording in the middle of the night. You would be thrilled to wake up. It is no more an austerity for you. Because you know this is your purpose. You know This is what drives you. When, when, when you know something is in line with your purpose, you don't need an external motivation. You don't have to give yourself a pep talk. Okay, okay. Uh, I need to wake up now. I need to stay alert. No, you're not, you are naturally alert. Right? So that is the, uh, the, 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 the power of spirituality. When you discover that balance between your being and doing, you become super more efficient, super more productive. Right? And, and, and that will make you uh, even powerful uh, contributor to the society. Yes. And I have often felt that when I'm in that alignment, in that zone where they both are aligned, creativity is at its next level. The hardest things or blocks or anything that I used to have or fear from, they just dissipate. And I can, within 10 minutes, which task I was thinking would take one hour or more, would just take me 10 minutes to finish it. And I also feel like that's a zone of genius too, right? Exactly, exactly, right? So, in, yeah, exactly. So, so spirituality actually helps you discover that zone of genius, that zone of operating, right? And in mm -hmm. a sense, that was what, I'm mean, going back to a previous point I mentioned, education was originally meant to not superimpose certain skills mm -hmm. on you, but help you discover your individual zone of genius. Yes. Once you discover that, everything else is a matter of detail. You don't have to be told what to do. You will figure it out. Yeah. Yes. Right? Yeah. Totally agree. Thank you, Prabhuji. This has been so wonderful. I am so uh, excited to see how this will help our listeners and it has helped me so much. I remember your own uh, comment that you made that when you teach, there is one student who is always there and that's you yourself. So that's how I feel today that even though the intention of this is to share it with the world, but I feel like one listener who got the most out of it is me today. So it is such a beautiful experience and I hope this can make a difference in just one person's life. That would be my goal achieved. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much, Roma, for inviting me. And uh, again, like to congratulate you for starting this wonderful series. Uh, you know, it's a very, I, I, I hope and pray that this series of thought-provoking podcasts will continue to grow in its, uh, in its depth and also in its uh, out, you know, the way you're reaching out to people and more people get benefited from that and uh, really grateful for uh, your invitation today and uh, thank you all so much thank you thank you Prabhuji.
Thank you, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. I want to take a moment to appreciate the time, energy and effort that you have put into growing and becoming the best version of you. I am deeply grateful and forever indebted to serve you with the best of my abilities. Subscribe to this podcast and leave me a review here. It will really help me and help those around you if you share this podcast with others. If in any way this podcast has inspired you, I hope and wish that you will share this with your friends and families all across social media. I would love to leave you with one last quote that is my favorite and that is from the Bhagavad Gita and it says that you come here empty-handed and you will leave empty-handed what is yours today belong to someone else yesterday and will belong to someone else tomorrow we are all here to pay it forward